This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tell Me This. I am your host, Carrie Borkowski, and I am super, super excited to be here with uh, Amber Cook. She is one of my fabulous peers from the coaching courses that I took this, I've been taking and I'm still taking. And this is part of our series on a summer of coaching. If you remember, typically the podcast is between seasons. We're doing some prep for season three, um, getting interviews and content ready. And we thought it would be fun. And honestly, I was feeling super inspired by my classmates and they all, many of them agreed to come on the podcast. So I'm so excited. Amber, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited. I was saying to the listening audience in the last few episodes that I don't usually tape in the summer, but taking classes with all of you amazing people like inspire me. I'm like, we've got to do a summer of coaching interviews. So (laughs) So thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah. So I wanted to just introduce the audience um, and you shared a bio. So I wanted to share it. Um, You are a Maryland-based educator. It's always good to know where you are because we're sort of all over the map here. You're serving in your your district's office for curriculum and instruction. She's the creator of the grassroots organization, Be More, Standing in Solidarity, which aims to provide access and opportunity to engage in social justice work and racial equity conversations. You can find Amber with a good book surrounded by her people and lots of good food and finding a new spot to travel to. Hmm, I wonder where she's headed. Uh, catch her as a co-presenter at NCSM in Atlanta this year. So for folks who don't know, Amber, where what is NCSM? Yes, NCSM is the National Council of Supervisors of Mathematics. Okay. So in my county, I serve um, as a math educator. My teammate and I, we got selected to go down to Atlanta and teach the good people about anti-racism and leadership. Nice. All right. That sounds awesome. So tell me, I want to, we've been in triads and dyads and class together, and I didn't know about this grassroots organization. So can you tell me a little bit about that? I'm curious. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, last year with the horrific state sanctioned murders Mm -hmm. of many folks of color, predominantly black people, I feel like I'm such a metaphors person. So I feel like the phone was ringing Mm. and I felt like I had to pick it up. And Mm. when I did, like the call in was like, get in this work and help people join you. So um, along the way in my travels and my personal and professional experience, I just have found that 
many folks, especially white folks, have a hard time coming to the table of accountability, mm. and discussing race for a variety of reasons. And um, I really wanted to help break some barriers down mm. and get people engaged and get people activated to change the systems. I always think about if we had kindergartners be more self-aware of their mm. power, mm. they would take over the classroom. Like the, 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 or the world, the kindergartners take over the world. Right. The <laughs> teacher would have no chance. It just, you know, the kindergartners would take it all. And so if we had folks, educators, people mm-hmm. who are on the front lines and doing the hard and heavy work, if we had people who were self-aware and self-actualized, like how much change could take place. And I just wanted to be a part of that. Mm. So I remember I tweeted it out like, hey, I'm having this conversation, join me. And within two weeks, 300 people <gasps> said, whoa, oh my so, goodness. Um, I held a space <laughs> and then I was like, okay, cool. I did it, I'm done, my call. I, I could put the phone down. I heard, like I, I like hung up, like I heard it, it was good. And then they folks called were back. Like, wait, wait, they called what back. About, what about more? What about more? Yeah. And they definitely called back. So mm. like, okay, cool, cool. So mm. here we are a year later. Our birthday's tomorrow. When oh, birthday. happy birthday. Thanks. And yeah, it's been good. I'm so proud of how much I have seen people change. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud to know that I've made actionable change in my district. Um, mm. One of many. Yeah. But we have a lot more to do. So. That's amazing. So are you, are, are you inviting all ages to the space? Like what is your yeah. group? So we've look had like? the majority um, of the folks are educators. We've had some people who are like higher education educators or like mm. um, pre-K to 12 educators. We've had some special ed or like adult learners. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also had teenagers join us. Um, mm-hmm. Our student board member has been involved and um, a couple of the participants would bring their teenage age students um, to the conversation and hop in and join in and speak about their truth. Um, anyone can join. We've had folks from out of Baltimore. So I have some Michigan friends and Canadians, That's <laughs> New awesome. Yorkers and Louisianians come in. So That's very cool. people just join in. Um, it's, it's amazing <laughs> the world of social media and how like one person hears this and hears mm. that and but everybody wants to talk about it. Everybody does. Even kindergartners, everyone wants the conversation, but we just assume like no one it's, Mm -hmm. so this is just my slice of the pie. That's very cool. So do you just, so I'm just trying to unpack this a little more so I understand it. So, so like, do you um, meet and bring a prompt or how does that work? So we have huge big gatherings where like masses come and um, we'll hold on like a virtual platform. I'll like light the fire, pitch some discussion prompts, the theme has been hashtag small, great things. So mm. continuously just thinking about what are your things that you can do for the work of human work mm-hmm. and social equity and social justice and liberation. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes I think folks have to have, they think they have to do this like really big changing action that's like monumental. It, but sometimes it can be, I bought that book off of Amazon or bookshop.org that my husband would have like never <laughs> thought I would read. I don't know. It could be like, I told my student, my, my, my kids that they matter to be talked about their identity out anything. Mm. It could be super small to super big. And I think the point was just folks determine throughout the summer last year, what you're going to do. Like you got a whole year coming up mm. who knew it was going to be this unruly and wild, but you had the year nevertheless, so what's <laughs> going to do differently. That's and, great. um, we had Netflix watch parties. Oh, that was cool. so much fun. That's um, awesome. We also had some game nights. We had some breathing spaces. Mm. Um, a, pers- a friend of mine who did 
the coaching course with us, but like before mm-hmm. she came and did a coaching exercise with us on okay. our work uh-huh. and we had some book clubs come through and some um, project work. So some Canadians joined some Americans on some school tag teaming, special education stuff. Oh my gosh. So just, it, it, it just grew. People did their thing and I was here for it. <laughs> that's a great, that's crazy. So when anybody ever says, I don't have time. I'm just oh, going to say too. yes, but my friend Amber, she's yes. working full time in the Baltimore County school systems and she's yep. doing this thing that's like on the side. So don't say yep. that. Yep. <laughs> well, you, and it, you know, a hundred percent. And also from this, I got tagged in with Johns Hopkins. I worked with them on an equity project coming out. Um, it'll be aburnow.org. Hasn't released yet. Coming out Juneteenth. And oh, then nice. tied in with Achieve the Core. They have a beautiful project, equitablemath.org, dismantling racism in mathematics. Mm. I did not create it, but I tied in with them on professional development series. Um, so like, yes, and you can make the time, like yes, however that looks for you. If that's getting your neighborhood girls together or you're out with the guys, like the conversation is happening and it's mm. happening everywhere and every day, even at Chick-fil-A, like anywhere. <laughs> yeah. where it's, it's like the phone is ringing. You are yeah, walking pick past it up it and you are ignoring it or <laughs> pick you're it picking up. it up. Yes. Yeah. I love that metaphor. I'm right there with you with metaphors. So, so awesome. I mean, I could, I could just sit here and ask you about your, your, uh, <laughs> your organization. It sounds like that would be a great conversation. So you said, you know, hashtag small, great things. So I think oh, it's yeah. a, it's a really nice transition into sort of the, the topic at hand, which is coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause a lot of times I think it is, mining for those small, great things, right? That it's, it's not making those big, gigantic, really, really hard changes. It's making the almost impossible little changes that, that matter. And so I'm curious, Amber, um, I've been asking everybody because I am super curious. What's, what was your first experience with coaching, whether it's formal or otherwise, what did that look like? Oh man. Oh, that's a good question. I think like coaching is just such a flexible definition, right? Mm. So I've always played sports ever since I was a kid up until mm-hmm. college. Um, I, if, if I wasn't sleeping in the house, I was eating something or I was on a field somewhere <laughs> kicking dirt and mud and pushing people. Like we yeah. were always <laughs> in sports. So coaching has always been a part of my life in terms mm-hmm. of like looking up to folks and listening and learning into their wisdom mm-hmm. and changing my life trajectory because of whatever is offered. Mm-hmm. Um, then entering college, meeting mentor educators, like I would call them my coaches, mm-hmm. um, finishing up college, moving into county public school education, uh, learning people and learning from people and gathering information and more wisdom, even more coaches. But I would say like my first formal, I think like life coaching, instructional coaching, adult to adult coaching mm-hmm. probably happened when I joined my current position in the district. I work in curriculum and instruction. So mm-hmm. a part of my job is to be an instructional coach. Um, and then using what we learned from this course has helped tremendously in building oh, relationships cool. and all the things. But I've, I actually would say coaching has been a part of my life in every sense, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether it was a- athletics or uh, staying you know, morally safe and sane mm-hmm. and um, choosing right life pathways and, or I guess, better, more structured life pathways Mm -hmm. to my educational career, to like where I want to go for next year, looking for Mm -hmm. a new position, all Mm -hmm. the things. I think it's a natural part of my everyday. 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah, somebody else described it as flexible too. So I appreciate mm-hmm. it. They were talking about flexible being able to respond to the needs of the client, but I yeah. love also thinking about because I like you was an athlete through and through and could similar similarly describe that I was either inside fueling up or outside doing yep. something on the field. <laughs> so um and it's funny, I wonder we should like poll a bunch of educators, but I feel like I was drawn to education because I had such good coaches. Wow. Right. Like I can, you you know, I feel like I wonder this about you, Amber, as an educator, I feel like I'm always asked like at a conference or discussions, like picture your like best teacher. Right. And nine times out of 10, my best teacher is my high school field hockey coach. Yeah. Right. And so I think it's a powerful influence. Those coaches that we had um, throughout our life. That's a good point. I I would actually say my most, my most like impactful coaches were my athletic coaches. That's so mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. Wow. It's cool. Yeah. It's really, yeah. I can, you know, draw the picture or just write mm-hmm. the paragraph and it was always her. So, um, so what sort of moved you from, you mentioned instructional coaching, what moved you from sort of the, the playing field to the instructional coaching to taking a coaching course? Like what was that journey? Right, like, right. yeah. Well, I think having people pour so heavy into me, and believe in me and push me and light me up and and just like in the best ways pressure me or like like watch my pressure build and like help it navigate to the Mm -hmm. best type of creation Mm -hmm. I think having people do that for me I want to do that for them so moving into this resource position where I'm able to help other folks transform themselves and transition their life pathway and become better than who they were the day before like that's so powerful for me and I, I knew I wanted to, to, to get better at that craft because mm-hmm. the next journey along my way will require more coaching. So <laughs> I think I'm good, but I want to be great. So yeah. I, I signed up for this course. So thankful that I did because mm-hmm. in my time, I mean, I'm like super young still, but like in my time on earth, yeah. <laughs> I have definitely uh, uncovered that like super secret that relationships are the key and the mm. essence of everything. Amen. And it's human first. Like mm. I, I get really weird now about calling um, social justice work, like anything else, but human work. Mm. I, I noticed you we said forget, that. We yeah. forget that people mm-hmm. who are not of the dominant, what and whatever that is, like for your personal, local and immediate, mm-hmm. your dominant group, mm-hmm. people who are not you, they're not human. Like we immediately think that. So I'm, I'm choosing to name it human work because we forget this is for humanity and the same way in coaching, like this is for human work. And I, I think to be the best coach I can be to help move people within education, move them within life, move people to whoever they are and however that looks for them. It's going to take me to look at them as a human and respect Mm -hmm. that and honor and affirm it. So that's kind of where I think my trajectory is going. I think no matter how coaching ends up next for me, even if it's like a restaurant chef (laughs) and I'm coaching my, my like food people in the back, I don't know, maybe, but like, I'm going to have to coach them to be the best humans that they can be for this beautiful quality of food, like anything. I think it always comes back to relationships first. Mm, Amen. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I I drank that Kool-Aid for sure. So (laughs) I'm curious, Amber, because, you know, my audience, definitely the listeners definitely have a sense of coaching because I talk about it a lot, of course, because I like you am all into it. 
I still think though, because of what we've already talked about, whether it's athletics, whether it's in, you know, coach, the word coach is used a lot in education, instructional mm-hmm. coaching, et cetera. And so when you say coaching, you know, and this is such a coach question, right? But how do you show up as a coach? Like, what does that look like? Help us mm-hmm. understand. As a coach for me, in my everyday today, I show up as anyone and everyone's cheerleader champion. Mm-hmm. I think um, I want to say her title's doctor. If not, we're going to name her that today. But Dr. Rita Pearson, she did that TED talk. Every kid deserves a champion. Mm-hmm. And like, well, yes. And that was a very old clip. May she rest in peace. It's still so relevant. And yes. everyone needs a champion. And I appreciate my cheerleaders and I appreciate my squad people and my like my like firecrackers I appreciate the people who when I'm ready to quit and stop they're like what girl Mm -mm. quit Mm -hmm. no no get it back together and keep it moving and I want to be that for someone else too I think Mm -hmm. as a coach I show up as someone's champion and cheerleader I show up as someone's um transformation advice giver like I no matter if it's instruction Mm -hmm. or if it's a life situation I'm talking with the teacher about I want people to experience a moment with me and not leave the same way that they came in Mm -hmm. I want people to be transformed and I really want to be a part of that Mm -hmm. because it helps to transform me and I also want to make sure that folks know they've got a person behind them I remember what it was like to be super dark and alone and I think other people do too Mm -hmm. everybody gets there at some point in their life and everybody needs someone to hold their hand out and grab them back up Mm -hmm. and I'm 100% down to be that person for someone else too Mm -hmm. What impact do you think that has on folks that work with you that you have an opportunity to coach and be their champion? I'm hoping and I think I would like to believe Mm -hmm. it makes people do that for the little humans that we serve and support. Mm -hmm. I think for every time I look at someone and I call them a leader or a champion or a whatever definition, word, verb, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think they turn around and think of it back to their kids. I think we have little humans that look up to us and look Mm -hmm. at us too. And when they hear and see us give up on ourselves or use deficit language to describe ourselves, they think that's a normal. mm -mm. So I, I think it becomes like a new norm, Mm -hmm. um, a new way of existing. I want folks to know like some firm boundaries I have, or that we've got to keep it real and we have to keep it fun and we got to keep it forward. Like Mm -hmm. we can get low because we have to vent, but we have to also invent and we have to like transform. We can't just stay in the pit. We got to climb out of it too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was talking to um, Shannon Fleischman. She was in our class one. I don't know if you remember her or not. Um, She's a sociologist and she was commenting on how much she loves in our class um, Jen and Anton, how they have these like rituals that we do, right. We can expect to have a clearing of the space and we can expect to go into, and she was just saying how important those rituals and habits are. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're doing is you're Mm -hmm. creating habits of mind, like Mm -hmm. to not use deficit language to pick yourself up. And absolutely. I just love that. Like switching. And and I think too, we, we go there so naturally. And if, I mean, the pandemic, the multiple pandemics. It's not yes. just one. We had a health no. pandemic. We're still in, we're still in it. We're in a racial pandemic. Racial we pandemic. have a mm-hmm. gender health and gender wealth pandemic. We have, we've been in a few. And yeah. while that's been so traumatic and harmful, we still have so many blessings and things that we can look to that have been wonderfully amazing for us. Like mm-hmm. for all the things that were terrible this year, 
I have done so much changing myself mm-hmm. and I've done so much growing and I've done so much like earth and world contributing or contributing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think, I think we have to continuously look at the glass half empty, but also half full. And at least you have a glass and it's also filled with something. <laughs> I, I think, I think we yeah. have to keep looking for all of the possibilities because they're yeah. there. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm, um, I think I shared with you that I'm writing a book. Hopefully they'll come out at the end of the summer. Whoa. Yeah. End of summer, I'm beginning excited. of fall. Yeah. And something that I wrote in there was about um, gratitude yes. and, you know, cause I get frustrated when people talk about the silver linings in a really bad situation. And, and what I wrote in the book is that it can be a yes. And absolutely. And what that means is this can be really hard and I can be grateful for the connection that I made yes. with someone during that hard moment. It yes. doesn't mean that there's a silver, like, it's not that this happened for a reason. I hate that. Like, that's not, I don't believe that, but I do believe. So I love that you're saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. find that gratitude. That, that like toxic positivity. Yeah. Like, no. Just no. But I, I'm with you and both. I'm, I've been yeah. finding myself like, like, like I'm speaking and then I'll say, and like, I'll, like, yes. I'll just scream it, but I'm trying to make my, my brain change a pathway. Yeah. I tried not to say, but anymore. Right. Right. Like I right. say, and, and if I start to say, but I'm like, no, I meant an and, you know, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just those little habits. Um, yeah. Make mm-hmm. a world of difference. You know, so a person, I'm sorry, no, I, go, I, an go. educator, a friend of mine, she, she said to me before, um, that folks will have it's almost like we have a song playing in our head and it's either a song of all of the wonderful things we are thinking about anything including Mm -hmm. ourselves yeah or it's all the negative things that we're thinking about anything including ourselves Mm. and once you like learn that lyric no matter what the right words were you heard what you heard therefore (laughs) you have that lyric down and so now I have to come in and interrupt that lyric. I have to interrupt your song mm-hmm. and give you a new lyric and help you change the tune a little bit, but you already internalized it and remembered exactly how it was supposed to go. So I, I find this conversation so interesting. I was just thinking about that today um, in terms of like, we're always trying to change the words of the lyric. We're always trying to change the tune, but mm-hmm. how hard that is. because so hard. It's we so already hard. have our belief of what that lyric was. We do. We do. And regardless of how long you've been on this earth, you've been spending those years fine tuning that lyric. And so when you bump into something that requires some curiosity and change, Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's, Mm -hmm. it's really hard. It takes intentional work. Right. Um, And speaking of intentional work, um, something I'm always wondering about again, because I think some, for some people coaching is new when do you think people should seek a coach? I mean, I know, I know in like K to 12 spaces, perhaps you're often just given a coach, like an instructional coach right. for whatever reason, but like, when do you think is the right time for someone to say, I could really benefit from a coach? I think the minute they ask themselves the question, even hmm. if it's like age 10 or age 25 or age 85, like, I think everyone deserves a coach. Because I think coach is flexible. I, I think a kindergartner gets a coach and maybe that maybe that looks different for their age. I hope it does. Mm-hmm. But like me at 28, <laughs> I want a coach. I think I think everybody deserves to have access and opportunity to a coach. Mm-hmm. But I think folks should get one or folks like need to have one mm-hmm. when they have the thought. As soon as you have the thought, I want to have therapy go get your therapy and go get your healing. Or the minute I have a thought that I want a life coach or I want a coach or 
I want a person, I want a mentor, I want a, a friend, mm-hmm. a helper. Like as soon as you get that thought or that feeling or that inkling, I think that that's when you know that you need one. Hmm. So what do we need to do to get everybody access to a coach, Amber? Well, I think <laughs> we need to have people be way more self-aware of themselves. Mm-hmm. I also think too, we have to normalize it. So it takes folks like you and me mm-hmm. or you and I like speaking out loud about the fact that we took coach, coach classes and that we both are seeking that as a life journey and that mm-hmm. we both see the value in it. It's a healthy thing to seek out therapy, however that looks or mentorship, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like for you. I think the more that folks talk about their own mental health journey, their personal growth journey, however mm-hmm. coach, how, how, however people talk about them seeking out coaches and what they learn from coaches, good, bad, and different, mm-hmm. I think then people make it normal. Then I mm-hmm. think it's like, okay, well, I could do that too. I think like kind of like, well, I always wear my seatbelt when I drive. I'm assuming that you do too. I so do. we don't have to talk about it because it's normal, mm-hmm. but yeah. like, it would be abnormal if I was like, well, Carrie, why are you wearing your seatbelt? And <laughs> but I think, I, think like, I, I wish it was as normal as, of course I have a coach, don't you? Like it, mm-hmm. yes. in, in, in any capacity, but it's right. not like that right now. This is like a tag along to mental health and that's so mm-hmm. taboo still. So I, I think until it becomes a, an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that even like kids will see that this is a normal part of life and that they can have mm-hmm. one too. Everybody can have one. So to circle back to your, you know, the sort of the premise you started with, with your organization was it doesn't have to be big things. It can be small things. Absolutely. So if someone's listening and is really interested and on board with what you're saying, Amber, what's a small step that a teacher, a parent, a student, a community member could take to move us in that normalizing direction. What do you think? Yeah, I think a super small step that's personal, local, and immediate, and it's not going to cause harm outside of you. Like it, it, it takes no judgment. And, it, and so you won't be harmed and traumatized. Like you're keeping it so internal. I think it's to get really clear about boundaries and get clear about what and how you want the process to go. Mm-hmm. So it, more, more like specifically, what will you want to unpack and what will you not be ready to touch yet? Mm. What will you want to feel and what will you want to continue boxing? Mm. What will you want to think about and what will you choose to keep ignoring? Like get clear about what you really want coaching on Mm. because then it'll help your conversations go way, way, way smoother. Or like also be really, be really sure and firm on do you want to just talk with like a best friend of yours? Are you seeking mm-hmm. that for coaching types or are you looking for an athletic coach that you have? Or are you thinking about you coaching your child or are you seeking an outside person? And I also think the definitions and working definitions of therapy, um, coaching and mentorship, that's so, let's get clear on that. Like, mm-hmm. are you really looking for a coach or are you actually looking for a therapist or, mm-hmm. you know, both one or the other? Um, so I think, I think folks need to kind of just first clear up what what do they want for themselves and that's really empowering mm-hmm. and you don't have to tell anybody that that's so you and so mm-hmm. then if you hold it to yourself you get clear with what you want no one can judge you because no one's going to have it that's all for you yeah oh that's such good advice so I was talking to Erica Alexander earlier oh yeah yeah and I asked her that question and she said to find your intention oh Right yeah. There. And mm-hmm. so I was like, okay, so I'm making this list now. I We're like going to come up with this like steps toward coaching. Yes. 
And I have to say, I love the addition of this clearing, sort of clearing up sort of boundaries. Right. It, rem it reminded me, Amber, uh, right before like the fall, maybe the fall before the pandemic. I don't know. It all runs together now. I had this wonderful privilege of I got picked to be in a storytelling like wow. show in our town. And we got like four weeks of training on how to tell wow. a story. And one of the things the storytellers shared with us is that you should pick a story where there is at least a scar over it, mm. not an open wound. Mm. And that's exactly, I feel like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that that's feels like that's what me. you're saying. Absolutely. Is that this isn't about like, Bearing your soul on things you haven't right. yet processed or you're right. in the process of processing. Absolutely. This should only, you should only bring stories yes. and conversations that you feel like you're in a place where you can talk about that, them. That is going to stay with me. Yeah. Wow. Just, when she said that, I was, because wow. I'm all about metaphors too. I was like, yep, I get that. Well, and it makes sense because I would offer perhaps for me, I'll, I'm going to keep it personal, local and immediate for me. I would be hesitant to find a coach, a therapist, or a life help. Any, I, I would be hesitant to give anything of myself to any other person because I just don't trust yet. I don't have mm -hmm. the boundaries set with you. We don't have a working relationship. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to give you the things that I've already scarred. I've already healed them, right. but not too fresh. That's so right. you can have a piece of it because it's already kind of old news. But until you can show me that you cared for my scarred over wound, that's right. I don't really want you to look at my other open wound yet. Mm -mm. That is so powerful. Yeah, I really, wow. that's, that's like stuck with me. So like that, that really made sense for me in terms of boundaries. So, um, yeah. So when you think about the, were you going to say add something? I, wa I was, yeah. it's almost really empowering because I'm the controller. I am the sole holder of my agency mm. of when and how and where yes. you get to check out my open wound or look here, my open vulnerability. That's right. I get to tell you when I want that. That's such right. a, and you should be, and you should be have absolute control of those things always. And I wonder if there's like a misconception that when folks possibly want to seek coaching, they might think they have to give parts of themselves that they're not ready to share yet. But that could be something that you set up. That's a boundary. Like, yeah, clear. that's what you don't want yeah. that. You don't have to have it. Yeah. And it makes me think Amber that, cause I know in coaching and I've mentioned it before on our podcast, we do designing in relationships. Right. I almost wonder if for new clients, we would do them a service by saying, this includes thinking about boundaries. Like what is that boundary for you that I'm not, that. I'm not pressing you for those sort of, you know, open that. wounds. Um, yeah, I like that. I'm going to add that to my list. Well, and being that. in, being in multiple pandemics, I know for myself, I have a, I've done a horrible job of setting boundaries, mm -mm. work, personal, my time yeah. is nothing now. <laughs> like well, yes. everything just like wakes up or goes to sleep. So yep. I know I would appreciate my coach saying to me, I'm helping you start the journey of boundary yeah. setting set yep. some with me, like give yeah. me your agency. Ooh, that's mm -hmm. a nice, yeah. Set some, let's set some together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. So when you do your coaching, you know, however you're showing up, because we've talked about lots of different hats or roles that you play. I have to ask when you think about the class we took together, what's your favorite coaching skill? 
I think my favorite coaching skill is well, it's hard, you know, okay, so this is me. I'm very indecisive. So yeah. I have to say two. One okay. would be Savertor Wrangling mm. because I'm working on that myself. Yes. So that's a me thing. I'm projecting. That's so okay. I appreciate when folks have the opportunity to do some Savertor Wrangling because I'm like, oh, yes, teach mm. me while I'm also helping coach you. Yes. Um, and the other thing is, I really love when folks get their sages mm. because it ties into metaphors, which are yes. totally my love language. So I, I really like hearing people um, get their inspiration, anchor their inspiration, and then like find the reason and the meaning behind it. It's just mm. so powerful to I hear agree. people's life journeys. That's, that's, mm. that is such an honor to, to like receive a piece of someone. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. That, that, that is amazing. I love that. And it, I was talking to another um, person earlier about the labels and assumptions we so quickly make about people. And I think in that sage work, we, so it's like a window into someone's soul that maybe you didn't even know was there. Right. Which is mm-hmm. such a lovely way to get to know um, your client. So I love that. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you is what do you think's hard about coaching? Well, <laughs> I think for me, for me, coaching. So I, I have actually learned a lot about myself recently, and I've learned that I have a difficult time holding attention on mm. one thing, and I'm excellent at multitasking. But it's horrible, though. It's it's really not a great thing because <laughs> nothing gets retained. I just mm. get things done. I get lots of things done in a very quick simultaneous amount of time mm-hmm. but I have no idea what I did today at eight o'clock <laughs> like so so because of that for me as a coach I have to be so intentional mm-hmm. about not jam packing but filling a session whether it's instructional or life coaching with as much information questions and activities otherwise I will go off on my phone my email my apple watch it's a bathroom break mm. oh my goodness I also noticed this hey I have to buy that oh I forgot this and I'll just go on a whole thing so for me holding attention and staying focused on the client whether it's my educator or a personal client I have got to give them my all so I know that that's a hard thing for me. People tell me I do a great job of focusing and listening. So I appreciate that I'm growing, yeah. but it, it takes a lot to sustain my attention on the task at hand. And that's my human that I'm helping to transform. Yes. Um, I also think the second hard part for me is not getting too like closely involved. It's like that. Ex- it's like the um, expecting and accepting non-closure mm. because the person who is receiving coaching they just need me to pose questions, help them process. I am mm-hmm. just there as a human blank slate, yeah. but I get so invested and I'm like, tell me more or like, <laughs> well, wait, can we go back? I want to know about your childhood. What did yeah. your mother say at age eight? How did you feel? And that is not, not yeah. what you needed. You wanted to know what color mm. nail polish you should have. So <laughs> I, I have to really decenter myself. Mm. and wait until after this session to become friends yes. need to investigate more about you that's right instead of in the coaching session mm. but I just think people's stories are just so interesting so yes. and I always have a question I will yeah. always have a question I will have more than one so given the opportunity to learn something about someone else I'm like oh god well, okay glad we had this time yeah now I want to know yeah more and more <laughs> 
and that's hardly ever appropriate. So yeah. Well, then that's, that's at the end of coaching. You say, okay, now I want to go back to, yes, yes. Yes. I get that. That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, I think, what you're saying isn't that surprising, right? I mean, to stay focused on someone yes. else, to to be unattached and decenter ourselves from those, those you know, you, you're talking about human work. Well, oh, we're yeah. human beings that, oh, yes. that we feel those things from, from birth to now. So, That's um, right. so it makes sense. So, well, Amber, I have to say this has just been an absolute pleasure. And I know here. that you're crazy busy and I just feel <sighs> so grateful that you were generous with your time and willing to sit down with me for a, for a this bit of time. Healing. This Aww. was healing. This awesome. was a good pause for the human work. And awesome. this is the important work. Awesome. So this was awesome. an honor for me. I'm so oh, grateful well, that good. we talked. Well, is there anything coming up? So these will post probably I would say early July. Is there anything coming up this summer with your organization that you want to share with listeners yes. that you'll have coming out on social media or? Yep. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, IG, Instagram, or Facebook, the same, same username for all of it, it's be more. So it's the acronym for Baltimore mm-hmm. or the, yep. the shorthand be more stands up B M O R E. S-T-A-N-D-S-U-P. And we're standing up against racism. So BMOR stands up. We are turning one years old tomorrow. That's awesome. And we're taking a month to breathe. I'm going to send out an email communication. If you want to hit us up and get in on the email, yeah. it's BMOR stands up 2020 at gmail.com. Great. And I'm sitting on the email communication. We're going to take one full month and rest and breathe. Yep. So I want folks to relax, recuperate, rejuvenate, and get, get their encouragement back. Um, and then July, every week, I suppose, we have something coming up. So awesome. it's going to be a four-part series. I have a planning meeting tonight, actually, to wrap it up. Cool. I'm going to, um, we're going to do some healing work and some affirmation work. And we're going to take some time to reflect on all that we've done this year because we've done amazing things. Awesome. Yeah. Celebrate, celebrate. Yes. And then we're going to reflect and we're going to think about what work still needs to be done that we can tackle and conquer for this upcoming school year or upcoming year, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. And then the last one will be planning ahead. So I'll get people in work groups and they'll start to make some game plans for what they want to do differently. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll get, make sure people follow you on Be More Stands Up. And if there's anything, any links or events coming up that I can post on my website, let me know, send them to cool. me and I'll get them out there so people I can also that. follow you there. Yeah. So thanks. thanks so much, Amber. This has been an absolute pleasure. I really Thank appreciate you. it. This yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, so, all right, everybody, thanks again for listening. This has been another episode in the series of a summer of coaching. Tell me this. And I am your host, Carrie Borkowski. All right. Take care, everybody. So sincere under the glaciers of your last year.
Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.